Hey there, you're listening to 42 Slash, a podcast about B2B marketing. It's been a it's been a wild ride, Camille. Um, it uh, we I, I don't know if, if I, I mentioned to you like we started back in 2012, so it's been nine years, yeah, right? Yeah. And we originally started, believe it or not, not in the B2B intent data space. Yeah. Um, we well, but one good thing we did was it was always around mining for buying behavior. That was always the goal yeah. from yeah. from public web. Uh, our initial pass was more for you know identifying who's going to buy a car or a new credit card or a new phone and stuff like that. And then we we were sort of forced to pivot into this because we were we had one year's worth of runway left, wow. and we had and we had three choices. Uh, this is 2016 February, um, and and the choices were basically we we could have given the money that we had in the, in the bank to our investors a little bit. Uh, we had two aqua hire type offers yeah. uh, where really no nobody makes any money. Uh, yeah, it would be a glorified a job offer. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, soft yeah. landing. Yeah. Uh, or the third option was basically you have one year left. You know, see if you can do something about it. Uh, and funny enough, um, this whole idea of what we are currently doing came from one of our SDRs. Um, our because and it came because our SDR was using LinkedIn and Green a Red Book or something to basically reach out to people, big insurance companies, phone companies, car companies to book meetings for our AE for our like like social media marketing tool. And in one of and at that point when we were just trying to figure it out, we were like basically if anyone is has any ideas, hit us with it. And the SDR goes, Well can Leadsift help me do my job? And we were like <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but we, we, we try to identify who's going to buy a car. Can we really predict who's going to buy a new software? And that's where it started. That was the genesis of this. And thankfully, the name remained the same. We were still sifting through data uh, to find leads. If anything, it was a better fit. So um, so that was that was the pivot. We started from scratch. Huge, Huge yeah. congrats. Huge congrats. Thank you. Thank you. It's, I, I'm, I'm four years into my business and like, I, I'm not saying it's the same thing, but it is a grind. Like Oof. it can be a grind just to like push through and like the stress and the ups and downs. And one day it, you're like, I'm going to go fucking out of business. Like this yeah. is all sort of shit. Next day you're like, oh, I signed a client. Okay. We, we have six months of run with that. <laughs> I will, I will tell you this story. We have never shared this story with anyone outside of our Oh, office. I get an exclusive. Okay. You get this. Okay. 1083, that number is very specific for us. So why I say that is 2018, um, um, we we had my, my co-founder, Srijata, she's our head of product. She also looks at our finance. She sends me a screenshot in Slack with our uh, money in the bank account. It had $10.83. Oh, wow. Uh, our payroll was two weeks out and it was, wow. I, I forget, it's thirteen or $14,000. And, and as a, as an entrepreneur, you always think there is one move left. There's one way out. Like you always think this somehow yeah. this point we are like, okay, this is it. This is, we, we, we done. Like, where the hell do we go? Like we can't go to investors because yeah. you know, we were not killing it. Yeah. And we, we still didn't reach product market fit with our new product then. And we were racking our brains. It was August. It was a summer afternoon in, in Halifax. I remember it. And then I see a knock on the door, a mailman come in, drops off an envelope. And we are like, okay, sure. So we open the envelope and, and, and what we see is 
uh, from our largest customer. This was one of our legacy customers that was still there. They're, they're basically saying, we this is a notice of cancellation. Oh, wow. And we are like, how much worse can this get? And and he's like, sorry, we are not going to continue anymore because we are changing directions and blah, blah, blah. But uh, we are going to pay you upfront till December. Here is the check <laughs> of 30,000 USD. <laughs> so that's how we got to live another day. And here we are. Wow, so, that's crazy. Right? That's, that's insane. But, wow. uh, but, but. Yeah. But and but I, this is not the one only time that has happened, and 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 we are not the only one that it has happened with. I think as a life of an entrepreneur, whatever business you're doing, you go through these cycles, and and it's it's just the grit and resilience of just sticking through it, right? Just just fighting through it that gets you through. I remember I listened to a, an interview by Ben Horowitz, and he's like, I interviewed thousands of CEOs, and all the successful ones told me one thing: they just never gave up. And, and I think you that's just, amazing. that's what we did. We just never that's gave huge, up. Huge congrats. And next going from that to an exit. Like yeah. that's and, and it was a, it's a very good exit to, to, a, to a great company. I mean, I, I, I actually didn't even know how big IDG was until I looked up, looked they up. They own a shit ton of like, they, they're it's, one of those companies. They're like IAC, like nobody knows about IAC, but right? Tinder and exactly. Media and blah, right. Blah, blah. So, yeah. so they own IDC, the research, the market research company. But what they also own from a data perspective is they own CIO, uh, magazine, PC World, Mac IT World, World, Tech Advisor, yeah. all of that is owned yeah, by them. Yeah. So, and and they realize that they, that is insane about first party data that they own, only they have that they can be used for B two B marketers to predicting intent, which is I, I guess our topic uh, <laughs> that we want to talk about. So. So it, it, it's uh, it's I am beyond excited uh, for what's what's coming. I'm super super happy for you, man. Thank I know. you, Kamal. Like, you have you've been, been, been on the sidelines, but it's like it just you know when a friend has like something, you just <laughs> you're like yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. You've been a, you've been a great friend. Happen to good people. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Wow. No, we, you're happy. That's insane. So what what happens next? You guys uh, you guys stay independent for now, and then eventually over time you become part of the IDC product suite or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we 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 would eventually become part of the IDG. IDC is separate. That's a market. IDG. IDG is a parent company. Um, so I guess our like in the short term, the vision is we continue building on our product. But the bigger goal for IDG for us is is build the best intent data product out there. Uh, we have our own proprietary, you know, public web-based data. They have a ton of first-party data. So I'll, I'll tell you, there's three broad data streams that they have that very, I get, I did not know of. One is those publisher data. So people that are coming to their website, they know a ton about it. And a lot of them are signed in. So they know exactly who's reading what for how long and all that good stuff. That's proprietary to them. So that's a massive, they also organize 1400 b2b events a year so they know who the registrants are who's sponsoring who's it right that it's insane the third thing is they also do lead gen content gen content syndication programs so basically they have so they also have some metadata of you know what's going on who's in mark so all of that combined with our data and yeah it's it's a very compelling product and and and, and, and they are also, if you know, they, they have been silently buying up very few interesting. They bought a company called Triblio, 
Oh, they brought Triblio. They did. Yeah, I know them. Yeah, they're the. Yeah. I'm going to put it in quotes, the ABM. ABM, yeah, yeah. So they're more on the ad activation side of things. Yeah, yeah. they do the display. And yes, the... display, yeah. They acquired uh, Kickfire. I know Kickfire too. <laughs> so they, they acquired Kickfire, which reverse is... A, exactly, they're the biggest. They provide reverse IP to all these guys, Terminals, Bombora, yeah, all of them. They're, they're, they're so, yeah. so they own them. Interesting. So, so think about what they're building, the MarTech stack, and it... Yeah. it it's very exciting. This sort of reminds me of uh, what Zoom Info is doing, buying Chorus and like they're going, they're starting with the data and they're layering the sales stack stack on yeah. top and yeah. going up the value chain. I yeah. think. Yeah, I, 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 I do not know. And I, I, now that I'm part of IDG, I might say something, but I, I, I would think Zoom might be more, they're heavy still on the sales side of things. IDG might be more marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, 100%. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's that's the vision. So we will stay on the whole team and we are just going to just, we have just more resources, more data to build the best freaking uh, intent tool. And it just, That's amazing, yeah. man. Yeah. When you guys started, was, uh, how, what was the market land? Was G2 and Bombora and all these guys back then? Were they, were they, were they around? No, G2 was not doing intent at all. G2 was a review site. So they are also like a media site. They realized, man, there's so much valuable data in this. Bombora was there, but I think Bombora spun out of something called Madison Logic. I know Madison Logic. I was a previous customer of theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they spun out of Madison Logic, I believe, in 2016. So when we first started, when we were saying, uh, we wrote a blog post called "Intention: Rise of the Intention Economy. That's what we said. Um, there, was, there was no one talking about intent. Intent was not the thing, but Bombora sort of, you know, trail trailblazed the B2B intent hundred uh, percent. But the, the challenge, what that did was not challenge. Uh, I guess what, what the, the issue with that is they identify and quantify intent in a very specific way, which is someone reading an article on a publisher site. On some, yeah. And then they and, do some kind of cookie based or lookup or whatever. I think reverse IP. Reverse IP, right? maybe they have a logged in. I don't or, know. Yeah, or something, right? But but it's mostly anonymous at an account level. But, but, but and I think that is a form of intent, yeah. but that is not the form of intent. Yes. Intent is so much more complex than someone. what we agree on, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so I think, so that is a challenge. So the market is very much in that headspace of saying, well, someone read an article and, and a lot of times people started saying, well, they researched on Google and they've landed on that article. Uh, you don't know if they researched Google or not. And if they, if they did, you don't know what they searched for. So, uh, so again, that is in, in still, believe it or not, still in B2B markets because Bombora being the leading player and then so many other people using Bombora, even ZoomInfo was using Bombora until they bought, right? Uh, so then everyone just keeps talking about it. So we... We see that as an opportunity for us. I mean, we have because we are like, look, that is a form of intent, and I am not dis ever discounting that. But I don't think that is the only. That's a proxy. That's a signal. Um, yes. So yeah. so yeah. So that. I mean, yeah. My my issue with the Bamboras and the G twos of the world is it's all like I've used Captera. Yeah. Data for, sure. and it's just like. Hey, somebody came in, read an article. Somebody came in, checked out a category page on Captera. Do you really call that intent? I don't know. <laughs> like it's yeah. So think about it though, Camille. Uh, uh, the 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 G two and the Captera, which I'm guessing is reviews, right? Yeah. Uh, 
I would consider like from my perspective, again, I'm biased because I'm in the internet data yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, of course. I would say that is a form of intent of form. Does that mean they're going to buy your tool? No. But why would you go to a G2 crowd page? Think about it. Either you're doing competitive intelligence, you're yes. trying to figure out what your competitor is doing, who's bitching about your competitor, what, what the product gap is, then it's not intent. Or you are in market to learn more about it. So those are the two reasons why you would, and if you are in market and you're review, seeing reviews and comparing, then it's definitely you, there is some activity there. Whether you will buy it, the tool in the next three months or six months, I don't know. But the fact that you did was an indication. Now, this is what I, I this is the message, this is the narrative that we want to tell the world is, okay, now you, you take that data. So let's say someone went to a, a digital marketing agency's category. And they were there. You got that as a signal from G2 or Captera. Okay, that's a data point. Interesting. Now, let's say you you see they just made an opening for hiring a PPC search manager. Yes. Yeah. You cop in, that's, that's in, iso in isolation, it might not be interesting. But now you, when you look at that, okay, they reviewed a digital marketing agency hiring search manager. Good. You look back six, three months ago, they raised $5 million series. A. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You see their CEO recently joined from a company uh, that is a competitor in the digital marketing agency. You look at that as a signal. You see them asking a question on a forum about saying, is Google or, or Facebook a better acquisition channel? You look at all of that, then you go, well, there is a lot of activity happening there. If my BDR is going to hit someone, probably they should be someone they should be hitting. Are they going to buy a tool from you guaranteed? No. But if you look at all of that data, There's then something. this becomes interesting. Yeah. Now, you tie in your first party data, maybe through Kickfire or something, you notice exactly. they actually came to your website. Yes. Bingo. That yeah. becomes super, super powerful. So that's how we look at intent. Yes. And I, and my, and totally, I, like, I think, a lot of the conversations that are intent data is so focused on the third party intent that it completely ignores the first party social, what, like, right. Do it like what, like what I tell people. And this is something I'd sometimes do for myself is just like have triggers for keywords. When people tweet about something, right. or they come to your website or they post on LinkedIn, like this is all searchable. So you can like set up a Zapier right. or something or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You don't have to buy a Bambora for 20 years. You don't. You, you, can, don't. you, can you just don't. <laughs> A lot of that can be done for free. You can set up a stream on Twitter or Hootsuite or something. Just yeah. monitor it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and and that's the thing. I and, and I think in people and I I I, are, I argued uh with one of the folks from Topo or or one of the uh whether either whether it's Topo or something where they did a report. And I'm like, the way you're defining intent, that is, that's interesting, but that is not the only way. And I talked about the other ones, hiring and like engaging with the competitor and all that funding. And he said, his comment was, it's more, look, those are more timing activities. Those are more timing activities. And my comment to that is, well, what is intent? Intent is a, a need for someone looking to buy something at a given time. So definitely it's a timing trigger. So again, I think we need to look at a broader scope of intent. Is intent a silver bullet? No, it's not. Uh, you still need to nurture them. There is nothing like first party intent, meaning someone coming to your website, raising the hand and saying, Camilla, I want to see a demo. 
Nothing like, beats that. I feel like a lot of the, and this is more on the vendor side, but like a lot of the conversation like, oh, in 10 days, they're like, they're in market right now. They almost treat it as an inbound demo, but it's like, it's not. It's a little bit on the spectrum of cold to inbound. It's intent is like more towards the cold. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It is, it is, the, you're right. So there is the cold lead and you have the, 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 the super hot lead, someone coming to do a demo. I think it's in the middle. I think it's it's somewhere in the middle to it's not a cold lead it's not something that gives you a notional direction on on where you should be focusing your efforts in it's definitely not that they're going to buy from you they might we have seen customers they said within the first 24 hours we reached out they booked a demo 30 days they bought will that happen all the time no i don't know that it's just maybe they were lower funnel the other way of looking intent and which can be very powerful which should be used is if you have a lot of inbound traffic Pair that with third-party intent. 100%. Boost that up, yeah. right? You yeah. have, I, we were talking to a large unicorn company literally you know, 20 minutes ago. They have 200,000 accounts in their HubSpot. And their AEs cannot go after all of them. Yeah, you have so, to prioritize them so, that, so then these people have shown interest in your product. There is no BS about it. They have shown intent because they've came in, filled out a form. Now, if you now see they're showing doing activity about your top competitor, doing certain things, researching, bingo. That's a perfect signal for you to engage them. The chances of you getting results and creating pipeline are a lot, lot greater. Um, yes, so that's yes. that's one thing. And and the other thing that I want to do, just, just give you a, a very specific example. When we first, first selling intent and, you know, early on, people got excited. They're like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know who's talking to my competitor? They're going to buy. And being the naive people, is, and we were like, yeah, they're probably going to buy. And what was happening was they would go, well, you gave me 100 leads. I was expecting at least 30 deals closed from them. And I go, and, 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 and that's when I realized that, you know, if it was, if I gave you 100 leads and 30 closed, I'm, I'm not going to sell this to you for $500. That's what we were selling it for, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so that, that's an expectation. But one thing that, and, and we were chatting actually with, uh, I think he's the chief data officer at, at Zoom Info, and he said something interesting, and I 100% agree with it. Is like intent is not a silver bullet that if you give 100, you'll get 50 demos. No, if you, if I give you 100 leads, and if you take 100 set of cold leads and you book five demos, but if you use intent driven, if you reach out to those group of 100 people compared to that, you're going to probably book eight demos. So it's not 50, but it's a, like a 50% increase on that, yeah, and yeah. it it's saves you time so that you can go after them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, I think that's what needs to happen. There is that intent leads are not the same as inbound leads. If there's one message we want to give to the audience, intent leads are not the same <laughs> as inbound leads now. And I, and I like, I feel like it's, and I, this is like a broader conversation, but like ABM intent, dark funnel, dark, like there's all these buzzwords being thrown around and yeah. the expectations are that it's a, like you have to go back to the core fundamentals. Like it's not gonna buying Bambora G2, whatever, it's not going to solve your problem. Buying, I don't know, Sixth Sense or Triblio or Terminus yeah. or whatever, it doesn't mean you're doing ABM. Like you still need to go back to the foundation first principles of like, what are we trying to do? What's our strategy? What's our approach? How are we going to, how are we going to do it? Blah, blah, blah. And then you layer this stuff on top. And then as long as you have a good foundation, this helps you scale. Like you said, it's a 50% lift on top. Yeah, absolutely. You need to have a foundation. You need to like, I mean, we can give you the best leads. If you do not follow up with them, if your email copy sucks, if you, if you cold call and just spam them, that person is not going to get back to you. Do you blame intent or data? 
you probably will, but is it their fault? So there, you need to have foundation. You need to have a solid baseline and then use intent. You're definitely going to get a lift. Yeah. And like so. what's interesting to me is like a lot of, I do a lot of, we do a lot of paid social work, uh, and, mm. and like ops and stuff. And LinkedIn is a goal. Like you put their pixel on your website and it gives you, it uses LinkedIn data to show you who's coming to your site, what job title. 90% of people don't even act on that. Well, it does kind of live in isolation within LinkedIn. You can't pipe it anywhere else. Ah. They'll, they'll go and buy like a Bambora for 20K and they won't pay attention to this first party data they're already getting. From right. That's, you have so important. much first party data. Yes. Like even, even think about it first. Like we should think of intent so much in a different way too. Like for example, when you're sending those uh, outbound email campaigns through outreach or any of those sales engagement tools, if you could just look at all the accounts that open the email more than three times, that is a very strong signal of intent. Yeah, yeah. Think yeah. about it. A lot of people don't yeah. even look at that metadata. It's almost they- like, actually, you make an interesting point, like your lead score, which I guess gets a lot of hit right now, Yeah, is almost like also trying to gather first party intent and like help prioritize. Like they came to your website, they opened emails, they follow you on social media, blah, 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 blah. It's trying to bubble up the whole, yeah. I'll I'll give you an example. One of our customers, we did a case study. The company's called Simplify. It's spelled as S-I-M-P-L-I-F-Y. I think they're out of Israel. The director of marketing is out of Canada, actually, VP of marketing. And the way they leverage us is they have a list of ABM and inbound leads. They primary, and they have a good set of them. They primary layer our intent on those. And they, they do a custom scoring on that. So they're saying, okay, this company came in. Did they also come to our website, attend a webinar? And did they have a signal on lead shift? If they did, was it from an IT person? If right, yes, right, right, right. was it from you? And they score it that way. 60% of all their leads that they have, deals that they have closed, that's what they, in the last three years, are all been prioritized by signals from lead shift. But these are all accounts that they had they had decided on whatever or they came in inbound leads it was just bubbling it up and telling them hey they're researching about endpoint security so when you reach out to them uh from an abm don't just go cold send them this article or these are the people so that i think that's how that's a real use case of intent where you're leveraging intent third party intent to prioritize your scoring that you're already getting from your first party data so yeah, yeah, that's that. Like, it's it's an additional data point on top of whatever you're you're doing. hundred percent. And yep. like, yeah, that's that's yeah. I think I wish more people, more people. Like, for one of our customers, we got a subscription for Captera, like yeah. the Indian piece. Yeah, yeah. And like, their sales team was like, "What the fuck am I supposed to do?" I'm like, if they're not acting on this, we can like right create all the custom audiences you want. We can show them all the ads. We can send them all the marketing emails. But if your sales team is not aligned on this, yeah. It's not going to work. Like we, just... we actually did an analysis of all our customer churns. Um, and every year we do that. We look at like, what was the reason they churned? The number one reason was inaction of the data. Is salespeople yes. inherently yep. are um, skeptical about this. Did, yeah. And I know we talked about this, but did you ever consider doing professional services or like? Hey, no. We, no, no, we didn't. But here's an interesting thing. That's something these guys, uh, IDG has a big, uh, in like outcome as a service type thing model. Oh, interesting. Like right. So you, success organization. Or something yeah. Like yeah. That. Like, like they have a dedicated team so they, they can, they already do it with their first by data is these people showed intent. 
you want opted in leads we will you know follow up with these right, emails right, right. we thought of doing it we, we tried it a few times we just didn't have the resources so we bought a third-party partner it was shitty the experience was really poor yes uh, but, but i think there are companies that that do the full service with this are gonna kill it Absolutely. yeah i feel like there's a big in general i was just listening to was it saster or somebody i don't know it was some 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 podcast some company and they were talking about like how professional services is a big part of their revenue stream because it's getting the people to use the tool and get the outcomes they want from the tool it's like yeah. a huge and i feel like more 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 especially b2b saas companies would have like a major advantage if they had that services like salesforce implementations and stuff like and because if you buy salesforce you don't use it you're going to be like what the fuck yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and that's why there is so many salesforce consultants right agencies yeah. that do this specific, and yeah. why salesforce loves them so yes. yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah yeah so yeah wow no this was good i i think we covered more, like my my beef with intent data was basically don't treat it as an inbound like it's it's an initial data point to whatever 100% I was having a conversation. This is in some in one of the popular marketing groups. There was one person who's like, "Oh, we're doing LinkedIn ads, blah blah blah. They're not working for us." I'm like, "Well, one, like, I don't know how much fun, whatever. There's yeah. like income stuff. Second, if you're getting demos and your sales team is like sitting on them for two days, obviously yeah. they're not gonna work for you. <laughs> like, you have to like, you <laughs> so like a lot of times I feel like when people say intent data, they so like whatever. It's they look at it from a very I don't know like there's there's so many things that need to go into it to make it successful like it's very much on itself won't make or break you you have to have the infrastructure to support that I I'll tell you I'll, I'll give an example from a previous world when we were working with you know car manufacturers and things like that and Twitter was a partner of ours so a lot of large these Fortune 500 car companies were using our data to target ads and one of the things that Twitter guys told us was targeting is great but if your ad copy sucks nothing is going to work so it's the same thing data is not the end of whether it's intent or whatever you use it doesn't really matter if your if your copy is not good if your messaging is not good if your process is not good if you're sitting on a lead for two days that lead's not going to take a meeting from you so you cannot blame the yeah. channel right yeah. so yeah. so yeah so there's a lot of auxiliary things that are outside of the vent, data vendor's control so professional services to support that makes a hundred percent sense yeah, yeah 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 so what happens next for you personally like are you taking are you just going to be part of idg yeah 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 yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna be part of idg uh, uh well i've never worked at an organization bigger than 42 employees this one has, <laughs> this one has 40, that's gonna be an interesting transition this you. has 4200 uh so for me i'm two things i'm looking forward to a i'm really looking forward to learn how a big organization works how you know when when your revenue targets and are in hundreds of millions of dollars you would love to know how that works that motion uh, b um, i'm really excited about you know merging all uh, at a core i don't care what i do in my data my my background is in data mining data science so i'm excited about merging all these first party data their human verified and into one consolidated view and just 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 and, and adding professional services uh, automated yeah, activation infrastructure around right yeah. one stop shop so uh, and, and and the best part is in sales like normally some people would say how are you different than bombora or zoom in for something like the part i'm excited about is is look we have all of that plus 
our own first party proprietary data and that's the moat no one else has it so so anyways i'm i'm really excited to take it to market and obviously use their scale and reach of working with all large fortune 100 1000 enterprises and getting in front of them so so yeah i'm 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 excited i am i am sold on this vision uh, i guess that's one of, one of yep. the reasons uh, yeah, that we decided. Papers, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I'm excited. The team's pumped. Uh, 2022 will be a will be a big year yeah, for I us. Know. It's it's like a early Christmas present. <laughs> very, very, very much so. Yeah, I mean the whole office. What's the take like from when you started having the conversations? Like, <laughs> I wish, I wish this took a year. Okay. Yeah. This yeah, took but... a year, and the reason it took a year was because uh, IDG went through and acquisition themselves. So IDG was owned by someone else and then they were bought by Blackstone Group, the largest yeah, private equity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they were going, so that paused everything for four or five months, which is a weird phase. And then you do the process. Um, so yeah, so that, that delayed it. But, but yeah, I, I would say a normal M&A discussion would, from starting of you signing a letter of intent to closing, probably 90 days yeah. is a good time. But it's intense. It is so, so intense. So oh, yeah, one I thing that I, <laughs> like the main thing that is that blows you, your mind is like when you're running a startup, you just want to get shit done. Like you don't think about it. Like, I don't care. Let's just go uh, accounts payable, accounts receivable, all those things matching, all the contracts is every terms of service is everything signed. And um, so those are things that you have to worry about um, and, and, you know, financial Oh, responsibility yeah. and hygiene is very for your books and everything oh, and yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so but, wow. crazy man yeah are you able to give me and this is you don't have to you don't have to answer it but i'm curious i, I know you hit um one million in arr like sometime last yeah year. where did you end up yeah yeah, yeah. so we yeah. were i think we are going to end there's still 15 days i think we'll be ending at two million arr nice congrats yeah. that's yeah. amazing thank you congratulations Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you liked it, tell someone about it.